0: What are we doing up there? We're doing good? Go ahead and show it. Praise the Lord. We showed this Sunday morning. Let's go ahead and show it again. Tie up a few loose ends. There's a race here in Barcelona in 1992. This gentleman, uh, Derek Redmond, was highly favored to win the gold. He pulls a hamstring. So we're going to talk tonight on part two, Beyond the Gold. If you want part one, make sure you get the 11 a.m. service. But here's a very touching, touching story of an athlete who, though he got knocked down, knocked out, he got up. Look at, look at the discipline and the focus that it took to keep moving. Even though all of the disappointment that was surging through his soul Here comes His Father from the grandstands, just like our Heavenly Father bears us up in our hands when we might be hobbling through our life circumstances. Praise the Lord. I got Him glory in the lifter up of his head. This is my son.
1: I'm on his side. I'm
0: for him. He's going to make it. He's going all the way to the finish line. (laughs) Glory. So, that, I mean, speaks, you know, for all of the, uh, what you can see there. So, uh, Sunday morning I started a message called Beyond the Gold, and I want to continue that tonight just for a little while. Remember on August 5th, I mean, just recently the 31st Olympic Games started. And uh, just like an Olympic athlete, there's parallels and, uh, to the Christian life and in our relationship with God. And uh, we know that over 206 countries were represented with over uh, 10,000 athletes competing for over 300 medals. One for the gold, the next for the silver, and the other for the bronze. And so as we said Sunday, some of the best, some of the toughest, some of the most enduring, committed, determined, I mean completely emotionally ready physically ready sacrificing athletes on the planet of the earth hit rio de janeiro and the bible has a lot to say about you and i as spiritual athletes and as we looked in second timothy chapter i believe it was chapter two one through seven paul is telling timothy endure hardness as a good soldier so he talks about soldiers in verse five of Second Timothy chapter uh, two, it says, "And if any man strive for the masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully?" Another translation says, "Also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to what? According to the rules." And then he talks about the husbandman, which basically is a farmer. So there's three analogies here, the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. And we centered in Sunday morning on the athlete. And we talked about um, this in depth. And we discovered this, that just like they compete for a gold medal, you and I are competing now, we're not competing against one another, but there is some high competition out there. There is resistance. Have you discovered it? Yeah. And so understand this, that we don't fight for victory, but we fight from a position of victory. And so we understand that there's principalities out there. There's powers that our warfare is not with flesh and blood, but there is a warfare. There is something that we wrestle And so we discovered this, that as we stand strong in our covenant and stay submitted to God, when we resist the devil, he will, in fact, flee from us. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we discovered that, and we also uh, found out that there's the competition that comes to our lives from the way of the world. I mean, the world has just got a pull on it. And if you're not completely committed to Christ... In this day, and this hour, the pull of the world will take you down their stream. Because the pull of the kingdom of God goes upstream. The pull of the world goes downstream. It's a whole lot easier to flow in the world than it is to flow with God. That is until you get heaven's help and get the Holy Ghost in your life. And he strengthens you so that you're able to move onward and forward in the things of God. So it's extremely important that we not be conformed to this world. We don't allow this, this world system to squeeze us into their mold, but that we regularly renew our minds by the Word of God so that we can do the perfect will of God. Amen? Amen. And then, of course, there's the web of sin that uh, would pull upon people's life. We found this out. In Romans 6.14, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Now, why is that? Because you are under grace. Now, when you really put your life by faith under the grace of God, that grace will put you over sin. Do you get that? Yes, grace. Living under grace and accessing this grace by faith to live a life holily and righteously will literally put you over sin. Now say this with me, for sin, for sin does not have, does not have dominion, over me. dominion over me. And of course the last pull or the last thing that, that competes, how many of you know that there is a warfare between your spirit and your flesh? This I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now why are so many Christians fulfilling the lust of the flesh? I don't think that's the question. I think the question is, why have we fulfilled the lust of the flesh in days past? And what is the cure and the victory for not doing that? Yeah. All of us have the capability to walk, come on, in the Spirit. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. So here's the deal. We must be all in. I mean, all in. With everything that we have, we must be all in. Just like the ones down there in Rio de Janeiro, we're in a competition, we are in one. Yeah. Just like they have opponents, so do we. Just like they have a race to run, you have a race to run. That's right. Just like they have unique abilities, I'm telling you, you've got a unique ability. It's called a grace gift. And you will function and operate in that grace gift in direct proportion to your measure of faith. And that's a huge, huge meal right there. Michael Phelps could not have played with Kevin Durant in the USA Gold matchup against Serbia. Kevin Durant could have not won 28 medals like Michael Phelps has. They have unique abilities, but in different streams. And so do we. We have a track to run on we have a lane to run in and so it's very important that we don't try to run in someone else's lane or look and longingly over at what someone else is doing and say oh man i wish that was me no just do and honor what god has given you to do and you run your race the very best yeah. and all of us are not going to be rewarded by how great we are and all the things we've done we will be rewarded according to our faithfulness did that register or not? Yeah, yeah. We will be rewarded by our faithfulness. Now they do it, they run their race to obtain a corruptible crown. But we do it to obtain an incorruptible crown that the Bible says will literally last forever. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So Somotele vrede shelamondei. So what the things you're going through now, I'm telling you, it's worth it to keep moving. It's worth it to keep staying focused. It's worth it to lift your hands in your midnight hour and pray in the Holy Ghost and run into the Holy Ghost Tower. It's worth your fight of faith not to quit. And then we went through some of the various crowns that are available. Oh, my goodness. And we don't have time to to look at all of the crowns, but there's a a crown of righteousness. I mean, for those who live right and walk in righteousness, there's a crown of righteousness. How many of you know there's a crown of joy waiting for you? And the Bible says that when we go before the Lord, if we do what He told us to do, He'll tell us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What are we going to enter into now? We're going to enter into the joy of the Lord our God. What were some of those other crowns we talked about? There's the crown of glory. The crown of glory is not just for shepherds who have fed the flock. You know, when the chief shepherd comes, and if you've been a faithful shepherd or an under-shepherd, you're going to receive a crown of glory, the Bible says, that doesn't fade away. But this is not just for lead pastors and senior pastors and associate pastors. This is for you who have taken upon yourself to take people under your wing and take them out for coffee and encourage them and watch after their souls. It's called discipleship. Is, that's not a dirty word. I said it's called discipleship. Amen. So there's this, there's this crown of glory, There's this crown of life. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he has tried and we is overcome, he shall literally receive the crown of life. And I do believe that this is referring to people that have absolutely seen such great persecution that literally in America we know very little, if anything, about. You think about all of the nonsense that's taking place in the world. All of the people that refuse to turn on Christ and given their life for Christ, martyrs will wear a crown of life. And so you and I, what we're going to do is we're going to run our race according to the rules. And there are some rules that we must keep as Christians or principles or boundaries that God has placed in His Word So that we need to stay in those boundaries so that we do not get disqualified. Okay, I use the illustration illustration Sunday morning of Phil Necro, a pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. They were playing the Anaheim Angels way back in the 80s. And he was on the hill pitching and he had an emery board in his back pocket. And so in between pitches, he would doctor up the ball. He'd scratch it up real good so that when he'd wind up and when he would pitch... The ball would just get, you know, they call it a screwball. It would just go all over the place. And so the umpire busted him on national TV in front of millions of people. There's been a lot of athletes busted. What do you think of when you think of the name Lance Armstrong? We're not judging him, but you think immediately of steroids. And so there are, there are things... That God has put in our path for not for our cursing, not for putting us down, but he has given us principles and boundaries for our benefit. So I think we're ready to start now. And let's take a closer look at some of these things that we begin to talk about. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews the 12th chapter in the first verse. I wanted to preach this Sunday morning, but I just didn't really have it real strong in my heart and about doing it Sunday morning, so you get the goods tonight. Look at Hebrews 12, 1, And we'll actually look at some scriptures without just going into a quoting mode because it's important that we look at the Word and that we let our eyes rest on the Word. Amen? You can do that in healing school tomorrow. You can let your eyes rest on healing scriptures. 12 noon here. Amen? Yeah. Hebrews 12.1. Let's read it together. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every what? Wait. Every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with what? Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Wow. So again, the picture is this great big huge coliseum in the early Olympic Games. And this great big huge coliseum was full of people cheering the runners on, cheering the chariots on, cheering people on. And so the spiritual analogy is, in heaven right now, there are some spiritual grandstands. You've got loved ones there cheering you on. Yeah. Your mom and pop are cheering you on. Yeah. You've got loved ones up there yeah. running, uh, watching you run your race and saying, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for the gold because there's so much more beyond this earth. Yeah. Woo-hoo! On, I mean, it's worth. Dad Hagen turned 90, it would have turned 99 years old a few days ago. He's up in the grandstand cheering us on. You know what he said by the word of the Lord one night? When he was over there in Royal Avenue, how many of you remember the Royal Avenue Church? Royal Avenue, 1990 to August of 2007. Seventeen years, God met us in a neighborhood right off of a street god blessed us with his presence he blessed us with a beautiful building all of the wonderful things that happened on royal avenue it just makes my heart full of thanksgiving to god so good so god and how many of you remember dad hagan came to the church not just a couple times but he came several times Whew, i tell you when daddy came man we were ready to eat weren't we I mean, we were ready, ready, ready to eat. And you remember back in 1995, um, dad started having these two week Holy Ghost meetings. What, how many of you folks were in one of those Holy Ghost meetings? Ooh, yeah. Ooh man, we had a time, didn't we? Yeah. What's a Holy Ghost meeting? Holy Ghost meeting is a whole, is a meeting where the Holy Ghost manifests himself. <laughs> You may pray, you may teach, you may preach, you may run. You may grab a microphone like that, like Brother George did. (laughs) But the Holy Ghost is going to have his way. You may sing all night, you may run all night. It's just not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power of God, that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the goodness and in the power of God. Woo, hallelujah. And I can remember some of those times where, Dad, I still have the chairs that he sat on up there on the platform. Those light blue chairs. They're back in the, it's kind of a green room. It's a a hallway about like this. But that chair, he'd sit on that chair on those morning services. And he'd teach on prayer. And he says, I'm I'm going to teach on prayer by precept and example. (laughs) And so he would teach us by precept. Then he would invite us all to come to the altar. Remember that altar on Royal Avenue? Hallelujah! And so we would pray in the Holy Ghost. And then dad would get lost in the spirit. And he would be having this conversation with Jesus. And it was like he was not aware of anyone around him. It was like he was encapsulated by the glory of God. And he would hold on these conversations and... And he sometimes would share what he was seeing. But most of the time he would not. But I remember. And I don't know what service it was. But he said the word happy. Remember that? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I'm happy tonight. He said happy, 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 happy. Seven times he said it. He says Some will say about that, church, I believe that's the happiest bunch of people I've ever seen. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Happier. Amen. Glory to God. Joyful. Yes. Amen. Living our lives independent of circumstances by the force of joy that God has placed within our heart. And that joy as it is access will strengthen you. That joy as it is access will help you run your race so that you make it all the way. Not weakened by life, but strengthened by the Spirit going all the way to the finish line. Come on, somebody. Let's lift our hands and say, we go on. We go on. we go on, we go on. We go on. We go on. Happy. happy. What kind of church you attend. I attend a happy church. amen and so i got off on that little side journey because i thought of dad hagen up there cheering the happy church on amen i believe that's the happiest bunch of people i ever seen now that'll work amen so we're in this kingdom the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven Competing in the greatest sporting event ever. You and I are part of the greatest team called Christianity. We have a great owner. His name is not Ed DiBartolo. Or Wolf from the A's. We have the greatest owner. Father God. We got the greatest coach. Jesus, our Lord, and we've got the greatest trainer, the Holy Ghost, our helper. Amen. You got any, you have any heroes? I got some heroes. You know who are my heroes that have been in this team called Christianity? My heroes are those that have blazed the trails before us. My heroes are those that I've been able to stand on the shoulders of giants which have enabled me to see more and to do more and to be more in the kingdom of God. My heroes are people like you that sow of your time, your talents, and your treasures into a community that care for the poor. My heroes are women like Mother Teresa. My heroes are shepherds and pastors of small churches in small towns that have given their life for Christ for a community never seen of man, never on television, but faithful men and faithful women of the cross that have served Him with all their might. Who are your heroes? Heroes in the kingdom of God. Thank you Lord. Some characteristics of a spiritual athlete. Spiritual athletes are fit. They're fit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9:27. Thank you Lord. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. Heroes are grandmothers who pray. <laughs> heroes are people that grab the horns of the altar and plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus over a community. Amen. Those are the true heroes of the faith. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, Very familiar verse of Scripture. Let's read it together. But I... Keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be what? Now, a good word there for castaway is disqualified. Notice that first phrase, but I, my spirit man, by the Holy Spirit's help within me, I keep under my body. If I don't keep my body under, my body will keep me under. So our body is not to be in subjection. Our body is to be in subjection to our spirit, not our spirit in subjection to our body. Amen? Yes. You could look at other verses of scriptures like uh, 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. You don't need to turn there. It says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of God, and the spirit of God dwelleth in you. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, he says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Men and women like you, who keep their body under are glorifying God. Yes, yes. It's not just the outward actions that we do during the course of a day, and we should have works of faith, but it's dying daily and crucifying the flesh and saying, "Lord, I am Yours all the way." Those are the ones that are glorifying God. In First P- uh, Timothy four eight, let's look at that one. First Timothy four eight. We're going beyond the gold, amen? Amen. Of course, you know, it says that body exercise exercise profits little. But I like what Dad Hagen says, you ought to take the little that it does profit. (laughs) But thank God, godliness is profitable. Under all things, say it with me, godliness, walking with God, walking in the spirit, walking in the life of God, walking in the love of God, walking by faith. Walking in wisdom, walking in the spirit, it's profitable. It's profitable. Under all things, it has a promise of the life that now is, and of the life which is to come. I got a question for you tonight: Is your prophet showing? Okay, so um, there's a difference then um, between being in shape and out of shape. And I, I'm not here to meddle with anybody because I, I I was looking at myself in the mirror and I, I wasn't admiring myself, but I think well no, we're on a little time. Okay. Some love handles there. So I'm not please, I'm not I'm not going there, okay? But when a fitness test takes place and Here's the kind of questions they ask. How much can you lift? How bad? How poor is your diet? How good is your posture? How quickly do you sweat? How much soreness do you have? Aches and pains? How heavy or overweight are you? What's your fatigue level? How about your heart rate? Your blood pressure? Are you stressed out quite a bit? How about your sugar levels? Those types of things. But here's the question that we must ask ourselves. How fit are we when the devil attacks? How fit are we when the depression comes? How fit are we when it seems as if all hell has broken loose? Don't wait to get fit after the storm has come. Get fit before the storm has come. Because I don't need you to tell you this, the storm has come. And there will be other storms to come. But we are not storm conscious when we're fit for the master's use. We are God conscious. We are not focused on the storm. We're focused on him, the one who stills every storm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Say it with me. The one, the one who stills, stills every storm. Every storm. He, lives he lives on the inside of me. Now, don't misunderstand me because I, I need to say this. You may be experiencing a storm right now and you may be unfit. There's grace and there's mercy for you. I'm going to say it again. There's grace and there's mercy for you. Hallelujah. God can take you up out of that storm and lift you up out of that storm by His mercy and His grace. Puts you back on your feet. And then there's an expectation from Him to get fit. Amen? Is this good preaching tonight or not? So it's, it's about spiritual workouts. It's about your daily walk. How quickly, here's another question, another spiritual fit question. How quickly do you respond to temptation? How quickly do you rebound when you've been knocked down? How quickly do you react when something gets you stirred up? And I'm not talking about a stirring by the Holy Ghost. Doug's laughing. Hallelujah. How quickly do we get stirred up? The more stirred up you can get here, the less stirred up you'll be up here. Amen. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You You don't have to pray in tongues all day. Just commune with God. Pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. You got an appointment, maybe you're a little anxious about, Say, Lord, you know, you told me not to worry about this, but so I cast all of it on you. Now I'm asking you to go before me. I'm asking you for this appointment or um, this job interview, whatever the case may be. I'm asking you for your help and your presence, your wisdom to come on the scene. Don't you know he'll do it? He will do it. And so Christian athletes then, are focused look at Philippians 3 verse 14 Christian athletes are focused I'll need to quote some of these to you tonight for the sake of time but let me remind you that one of the greatest scriptures on focus is this looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith Another great scripture on focus is, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Mm-hmm. Set your life and your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Yeah. That's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. For you scriptorians, you want to take a close look at that and read that and confess that. <laughs> Amen? Here's another one. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14. Let's read it together. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now the mere fact that he says I press means there's pressure. That's why he's pressing. Why is Paul pressing? He's pressing because there's pressure. But he said, one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind And I reach only under those things which are before me. I let the past go. And now I'm going to press through the pressure. I'm going to bulldog faith my way through the resistance. And I'm going to make it to the mark. Amen? So, hey, don't get bummed out if resistance comes. It like comes every day. Hello? Hello? Different types of resistance, different types of pressures come. But you know what? If there was no resistance, and if you didn't have the opportunity to prove that God is bigger than the resistance and to press through it, you'd stay weak. You know, if you went to the gym today, and you looked at, you know, this will tell on me, a 40-pound weight. (laughs) Maybe we better up it. Yeah, 45. And all you did was just, you know, sit around and look at it. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? There's a lot of people doing that in church. Oh man, that's great. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Give me more. I need another guest speaker. I just need another revelation. You know, help me Jesus. I need someone to speak into my life. Someone give me a word. Nothing wrong with that. But there comes a point that if you want to get strong, you've got to pick up those and there's some resistance to it. You know what I'm talking about? If you've ever gotten on a bicycle with the intent of riding that bicycle for 30 minutes, I'll guarantee you the devil is a liar and he will try he will he will talk to you about getting off that bike in a minute and a half. Don't shy away from the pressure. Face the pressure with the Word of God. Face it with the name of Jesus. Pleading the blood of Jesus. Taking your authority and just whipping the devil's backside. All right, I said it. So we're focused. We have a goal. We have a target. We have a mark. We have a purpose. We have an intent. And we have a reason. And we cannot afford to be distracted. Focus means to walk by faith. I cannot tell you how many times this year I've had to grab myself and refuse to give in to distractions and talk to myself and say, Mark, you better stay focused, boy. You better keep your eye on the prize. And I'm just sure If that's happening in my life, it's happening in your life. So focus means we walk by faith. We cannot help, we cannot be distracted by others' opinions. Others' failures. Or others' burdens. Or others' accomplishments or successes. Thank God for all that. But listen to this statement. A Christian must focus on the letter P in promises. Not the letter P in problems. Now that's deep revelation right there. Not the P in problems. But the P in problems. And lastly. Christian athletes finish. They finish. They finish. Lots of people man. They're like. Cannonball Adderley, you know, just poo, out of the cannon, just woo, on fire. Three years from now, you can't find them. Why? Because they had a zeal and a fire that went out. And a lot of it is because they've disqualified themselves through not staying fit. Some of the most I'm not going there thank you Lord so Christian that's I'm not going there Christian athletes finish they just finish they don't just start they finish and I hear the word of God say, he that's begun a good work in you and 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 me he'll begun a good work in us you know what If we'll cooperate with him, he's going to complete it. They finish even when they're injured. They finish even when they're limping. They finish even when they don't feel like finishing. They just flat get her down. And they finish no matter how old they are. Burn, you're a finisher. Christian athletes, listen to this one. They finish even though it didn't go as expected. <laughs> How do they finish? Well, they finish by helping others. They finish by his standards, not theirs. So the question is, Pastor, how do I be a finisher? One way is don't be a procrastinator. Don't you dare let fear stop you. And if you have failed, get up from your failure. For heaven's sake, do not fail and stay down. Learn from your failures and fail forward. And let God's grace lift you up. Amen. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Let these words that have been spoken tonight resonate deep within our hearts. Lord, may we not just hear what you said tonight, but may we be doers thereof. In the name of Jesus, we are not going to be a bench warmer, We're not going to stand by and let someone else run our race. May there be no replacements, Lord, because we're here and we're ready to go. For the kingdom of God. Everyone shout amen. Amen. Say it with me. I am a winner. winner. And I I am a finisher. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.